Hi folks, we're having a moment and you are with Shorty and Tiles. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good too. It is 10.13, the 31st of December 2019. Oh my god. this is our inaugural episode. Yes, this is this is our beginning. We're starting at the end of the year, rising like the phoenix through the ashes. One day meeting Dumbledore. Yeah. And, you know, welcoming you into our circle now, the start of the new year. It's very exciting. I had, and, you know, romantic idea of maybe we should record at midnight. I'm like, fuck that. I want to be asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totally. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shall so we introduce ourselves? Let's do that. I think that's a great idea. Go ahead. Okay. So I am Shorty. I am your in-house Cancerian Gemini rising, and um, I am here to provide you with all of the interesting ideas about strange transgressive fiction. Mm-hmm. Um. I am your local anime expert and will happily tell you anything you'd like to know about the collective works of Haruki Murakami. I love it. I love it. Tell us about yourself, Tals. Well, I'm Tals. I am your Aquarian auntie. <laughs> we'll provide mostly sage advice delivered with a hearty dose of sarcasm and cynicism because... 2019's been a dumpster fire. But 2020's <laughs> going to be great. Dude. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> We've just been joined by a very good four-legged companion. We really have. So if you heard his pap-paps in the background, now you know what it is. Yep. It's not an axolotl. It's not a snail. <laughs> it's my pet dog. <laughs> we also have wine joining us on this um, wonderful experience. Hashtag Brown Brothers sponsor us, please. Hashtag sponsor us in general. Um, Anyone. (laughs) Um, Maybe we should tell you a little bit about what we hope for this podcast Mm. to be. Um, And we don't fucking know. (laughs) No, we don't. So sit back, relax. Keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times because I'm a shit driver. (laughs) (laughs) But it's going to be fun. But mm. no, in all honesty, I think this is just going to be mostly wholesome. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mostly, yep. Mm-hmm. Depends how much sleep I got the night before, but you know, mm-hmm. we're trying. Or how hard our day jobs are. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're both English teachers, so yes, yeah. But it's gonna be a lot of chat. There's gonna be books, mm-hmm. music, recommendations, food, food, film. I love that we both said food, food at the same time. <laughs> Yep. Wow. Yep. It's in sync. <laughs> <laughs> it's Melhouse. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe we could start just kind of in in general with like the dumpster fire that was 2019. What was your moment of 2019? Give us maybe let's set some some parameters. Mm-hmm. Um. On the uplifting side? Okay. My uplifting moment. Mm. This is going to make me sound like a wanker, but <laughs> I did happen to go to Sicily this year. Mm, tell us more. 
I transcended <laughs> to a higher plane. Perfect. There was a lot of gelato. Mm. There was a lot of pasta. There was a lot mm. of fish. I have developed a deep, lasting, soul-warming love for swordfish. Really? Mm. Specific? Yeah. Okay, tell it's us everywhere. more. It's just everywhere. And In it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, move over Barramundi, I say. Mm. Not that it's new. It's really not. But, you know, <laughs> it's just new to me. It's our new fish friend. Yes, fish are friends fish and food. <laughs> For 2019, yeah. which, which I do love. So when you say you went to Sicily, did you go there because you were hanging out with family? Did you go there just on your own? I went on my own. I initially went to Malta. I flew in and out of Malta, which is where my family is from. Amazing. So I was visiting them and it was wonderful and beautiful. And Sicily was just a solo jaunt across the country. When I say across Great the country, I went to I went to two cities, but they were on opposite ends of the island. Amazing. You know, I said Sicily was a country, didn't I? Wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, notice. Mm. Loud laughter. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I went to the opera mm. in a red dress yes. and I saw La Traviata, which is the same opera that Julia Roberts goes sees in Pretty Woman in a red dress. So Amazing. I was basically Julia Roberts for an evening. Or you were, um, what's her name? Daenerys Targaryen from Me Before You. Also that. Amazing. Yes. Was that your like highlight? It was definitely up there. Mm. Do you mm. have another highlight that you could like touch on? Uh, this reveals a lot about my personality, but <laughs> the grilled calamari I had at about 11 p.m. one night. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was great. I can imagine. Just so fresh, so zesty because it was lemon. Yum. But, yeah. Amazing. I was up there. So, Shorty, mm-hmm. what was your moment for 2019? I thought really hard about this mm-hmm. in the point one second that I've had to do that. Kind of just in reflection in general on 2019, because I do agree with you. I really think this year was a total dumpster fire in Mm. terms of just like horrible things happening. So again, to reveal a little bit about my personal life, I had um, a family member pass away and I had several kind of family occurrences happen that were, you know, pretty devastating and cut off contact with a long-term boyfriend, which was, you know, really hard at the time. But my, like, having a moment of 2019 is several moments interspersed throughout those very hard times where, and I found this comic on Instagram that was just perfect because Mm. it said, like, you know, this year's been really hard, but I learned to hold myself Mm. in those, like, really tough moments and, not like I love my friends I spend so much time with my friends and they are my support network they are my like armor Mm. but I absolutely do feel like when I'm really sad and alone in bed at night because I'm almost 30 and that's the truth (laughs) I have definitely found that I'm able to hold myself Mm. and be with myself and feel gratitude Mm genuine gratitude for being able to do that in a really tough time and 
maybe, you know what, here's a like long story short. I think it's just feeling myself grow. Yeah. Feeling myself grow as a person, feeling myself settle into my own authenticity. That's been really fantastic. And that could not have happened without the help of my friends, but it's really nice to acknowledge that I played a a role in that. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. If I may elaborate on that, Mm. if, you know, you say holding yourself and I guess, you know, it comes to mind, you can physically hold yourself. Mm. Hands up. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But is there a way that you do that for yourself, either mentally or emotionally, Mm. that's sort of a, um, something you fall back on? So maybe it's, Mm. you Mm. know, I actually, I don't, I don't want to put any ideas in your mm. head. I just want to hear your answer off the bat. So, you know, what does holding yourself mentally, like? emotionally, spiritually look like for you? Mm, what a great question. Um, reading mm. is my – like I, we're both English teachers, so we're both avid and prolific readers. Um, but I really have found myself – we had this conversation the other day actually about how you can place yourself next to a narrator and place yourself next to a character Mm. um, and that's how you identify with a book and that can, you know, it can dictate whether or not you continue with it. And I've absolutely found that I've been able to put myself alongside a narrator who's going through a hard time and watching them be flawed and imperfect and... Go through a really just, you know, kind of a shit time mm-hmm. and come out at the end, other end of it, just still flawed, still really imperfect, but continuing on. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I definitely fall back on. And what kind of pops to mind straight away is, is a reading. Mm. The chat on the phone really helps too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any, like, have you, because you're a really strong, independent woman. That... This is Mama Tal's Mama Aquarius. <laughs> she got us. Um, what, like, what does that look like for you? Um, oh gosh. Okay, I I think yeah, reading also comes to a big part of it, and I like to read. I'd say my preferred genre is definitely fantasy. Mm-hmm mostly because it is completely detached in terms of my actual life. Mm. I may have, you know, characters that I really resonate with or um, situations that have some sort of relevance or mirror something that might be going on in my life. But Mm. the world building Mm. around them is obviously I don't live in Narnia or, (laughs) you know, Middle Earth as much as I would like to. Mm. Definitely would be a hobbit. Um, (laughs) Beach, you'd be Aragorn's like... Lady on the side. <laughs> oh, you got me. Dude. <laughs> um, but so there's that element of escapism. Mm. This, again, goes back to, you know, conversations that we've had frequently in that reading is such precious time for us, particularly mm. reading books that aren't part of the curriculum we have to, curriculum that we have to read for work. So I like to read something that I know I'm going to enjoy, that I know is completely different, unless it's something phenomenal and compelling and, mm, yep, you know, really relevant and that I just must read. Um, but, you know, if I go to my bookshelf, 
it's probably going I'm going to pick up a fantasy because I want to be able to detach not in a way that means I'm detaching from the emotions or the reality of a situation but to give myself that break Mm. and it's so funny that you say that because I'm really similar in the feeling that reading gives me it is that escapism it is that moving myself out of my own shoes and putting myself in the shoes of another like just getting a break Mm -hmm. from the reality but my choice personally is not fantasy Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if that has to do with like I need a real world text real world you know with these around them you know the little quotation marks (laughs) yeah I'm an English teacher um (laughs) around it but like I need to read a really contemporary usually very like Oh, do you know what I really – okay, here's – I've just thought of a trend. Mm-hmm. I love to read a high-stakes corporate. Oh, yeah. Like that's so far detached from my reality and what mm. I will ever be a part of because mm. I don't like the – I don't really – I don't like the circle around it. I don't like the reputation it has and I know that's kind of a superficial reason not to like a profession because I know it's super lucrative. Um, But it's just so far removed from myself. Mm. Like do you think like when you pick a character because you said that even though you don't identify necessarily with the world, you'll still identify with the character, Mm -hmm. do you find like because when I read a character, I want them to be totally dissimilar to me for the Mm. most part. I want them to be egregiously awful. So that I can almost in some ways be like, I'm not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want, because with, with fantasy, obviously certain things are heightened, certain things are impossible. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of characters are you looking for? I think I'd definitely like to see myself in them or who I would like to be. Mm. Aspirational? Um, yeah, yeah. If I look back to my favourite characters throughout my literary pursuits, they're strong women who are up against a lot of challenges. Um, A couple of the books I read this year that just really stood out to me were Uprooted by Naomi Novik. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the trilogy called? I can't remember what the trilogy is called, but the first book is The Bear and the Nightingale. And I've also forgotten the author, which is Catherine Arden. There we go. And there was another one, but I've also forgotten that. Wine. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's the, the central kind of element to these three different texts or series of texts is that there's this young female protagonist who through some sort of catalyst is then ostracized from her community or ostracized um from her society or even forcibly removed from it so there's that element Mm. of detachment and displacement which is something I quite resonate with um they just happen to have magic which you know I'd really like Mm, fair (laughs) really really like but your magic powers (laughs) um and then you know you see them work through that and challenge and grow and they do not adapt themselves to fit the community Hmm. they either they don't assimilate no no they find a new community of their own or they rally one around them Hmm. it's you know often quite this 
powerful moment of not needing to fit the norm, Mm. which I think is something that I like to read about, I like to see, I like to see how people react to it and there's definitely literary characters that I've come across in my life that I have drawn from and used to um, influence aspects of how I approach certain situations. Mm. You've just made me think of another question Mm. in regards to what you just said um, about you like to see how people react to that kind of thing and can you... Think of an example, maybe declassified. Is that the word? Like D. De- Not a classic, do you mean? No, like oh. um, could you think of an example from your own life where you've like put an example of a belief or a value that you have and it doesn't necessarily go with the norm and you've put it to someone and you've been surprised by how they reacted. And when I say declassified, like, oh, just like keep it classified. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so. Don't incriminate myself or anyone. <laughs> yes. Um, so I've put <clears throat> something to someone and I've been surprised by how they reacted. Yeah. Uh, most days. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah. I think, you know, we are all, uh, I guess it brings into that whole nature versus nurture argument and how much do we um, adapt from our like familial situations and the community around us, how much of us is how much of us, I guess, is intrinsically us. It's, yep. you know, uninfluenceable by external forces. It's just who we happen to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think breaking free of this, I, I think this is classified, but like my small town community mm. and then going away and encountering new ideas and encountering new politics and developing my own response to that and then coming back to that community. Because you grew up rurally. Yes. Yeah. It's quite interesting to see how people react and often it can swing in several different directions. It might be there's excitement and engagement and wanting to engage in a discussion Mm. or there's judgment intimidation, Mm. kind of that pigeonholing of, oh, but you're just a woman. Mm. So. Mostly the patriarchy is to blame. Absolutely. Drink to that. (sighs) Cheers. Sorry if that was really loud. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you know what I found really interesting the other day? So I follow Paris Gerbel. She's Mm. a choreographer. Yes, Yes. amazing. So if you don't know, Paris Gerbel is an amazing um, New Zealandish choreographer. And she has recently choreographed Rihanna's um, Savage X Venti, um, kind of the new Victoria's Secret show. And um, after following her on Instagram, I saw that her Sorry Not Sorry video was one of the top 10 most viewed videos of the decade. Yeah. Right? Like some something something billion views, three some three billion views or something along those lines, which is just amazing to me. And it makes me wonder because she's, you know, she's got a shaved head, she's a really empowered woman. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Did she, like, how can I, 
articulate this and make sense. Like, cause I want to, I want this to tie in with your point about, um, you know, changing the norms and mm. just having norms that are different to what the societal ones are. Mm. Um, because she comes across to me who came, like I'm not, I wasn't rurally raised, but I definitely went to a very conservative set of schools. Um, I have very, very conservative parents. Like she sits outside of the social norms that I can see perpetuated by like media, mm. but she sits really within the set of norms that I kind of personally surround myself with. Yeah. Yep. So like, I mean, how, given that she was viewed so many times, do you think she's had an impact? Mm. It's, as much as I love Paris Goebel and I think her videos are just fire. Her choreography is amazing. Mm. I know that you watch a lot more choreography videos than you mm. I do. You are much more immersed in that um, aspect of pop culture or culture. I guess it's not really pop culture. But, this is true. Um, so I'm struggling to find points of correlation to draw. Mm. But I think that and Rihanna is obviously just badass, take mm-hmm. no shit, give no fucks, mm-hmm. my kind of lady. Yes. Um, so I think, Preach. you know, she has this amazing impetus behind her that can drive mm. this change. And she is centering mm-hmm. these incredible people, not just women, um, male, female, identifying, non-binary, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. queer. It's And it's just been incredible to see um, the – What, I'm trying to think of the word. The fight to derail those mm. sort of traditional. patriarchal, traditional, stereotypal, straight, white, heterosexual, all those things, mm. norms that govern a lot of us, particularly in in the this day and age, with like coming out of the or coming into out of wherever we are within the Me Too movement, mm. there's this huge like momentum. Absolutely, yeah, and it's just growing. Mm. There is no sign of it dying down, which is phenomenal because, as like you know, two brown women, mm-hmm. you sit pretty low on the social ladder. Hmm. Oh, sorry, going off on another tangent. Um, I should be a maths teacher. Um, <laughs> we love math teachers. <laughs> um, I've forgotten my point. It's okay, we can edit this out. Yeah. <laughs> what was the, what did you just say about um, gathering momentum? Two brown women, bottom, two bottom women. of the social ladder. That's right. I had a conversation the other day with a colleague at my workplace about how, um, we both approach small talk Mm. so differently Mm -hmm. Um, and how small talk for him is something that helps you establish um, the character of the other person. Um, This person is a cis white male. He is absolutely amazing. He's a wonderful person and very aware of his privileges and his position in the world and how he goes about it and how he navigates through it. 
and is very conscientious of others. Um, but I put to him that with small talk, like it's probably one of the worst societal things that like my social battery is fucking low already. <laughs> like I don't need to waste any of that battery on small talk mm. when I could be, you know, trying to form a genuine connection mm. or realizing that a connection can't be formed and moving on with my, my day. Um, so for me, I kind of put to him that small talk is establishing a power dynamic. Mm. Um, and that's why I want to move on with my day. I don't want to be in a power dynamic where the other person, even if it's unconsciously, puts me at a disadvantage. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. Can you unpack it a bit more? Yeah. So um, what I often find is that when you're having a small talk discussion, like, hey, how's it going? How's your day been? What do you do? Like, that's not interesting. Mm. Like, yes, I'm an English teacher, but ask me or, you know, the other day you were saying like, you know, ask me why I'm doing it. What inspired me to do this? Mm -hmm. Um, If I could make drastic change immediately and have it actioned and have it, you know, unanimously supported, what change would that be within the education system? Um, Which I think every educator would have an opinion on absolutely and feel really fire engaged. us up and watch us go yeah. <laughs> what was that about firecrackers um, <laughs> but i i do like i just genuinely think that what happens when you ask someone what do you do you're like even i am guilty of this all the time i'll be like oh what do you do and someone will say oh i'm um a freelance artist i'm like oh that's cool like how has it been like what kind mm. of art do you make what kind of medium do you use but if someone's like oh i'm like even if it's just, I'm studying medicine. I'm like, oh, that's really exciting. Tell me a bit about that. Like, what would you like to go into? And like, it's obviously social conditioning. Mm. But I do, like, I just think it sets us up, even if I've been teaching for like 10 years and someone's still studying medicine, it puts us on different social pedestals. Yeah, that's a really good point. Mm. Which really makes me think that that question has been like you know american um american psycho style been set up to put people in their place um mm. like oh that's what you do this is what level you are this is what tier you are like mm-hmm. it's a reinforcement of an already ubiquitous and insidious system yep mm I think about this a lot in regards to dating because I guess that's, Mm. you know, generally I don't meet a whole lot of new people in my day-to-day life. I go to work, I see friends, like my social circle is quite set at this point in time. Mm. So dating is one of those places where you frequently engage in small talk, particularly if, you know, it's just a lot of first dates or those beginning sort of relationships you're trying to figure each other out, find where you stand, find uh, how you connect. And it's, as you said, like my social battery is low. Mm. Both introverts, this is a very good way for us to engage with our society. (laughs) Don't have to see anyone. And we can be in pyjamas. Yes. So having to engage in all that sort of initial questioning and um, establishment of Mm. that sort of social structure or where we fit within the scheme of our, you know, Western society, 
um, is quite exhausting and most of the time won't really give any further indication as to how you will connect with someone. Yeah. Like hopefully not many of us actually establish a solid romantic connection based upon whether the weather is nice today. Or what we do in a day. Yes. How do you get to work in the morning? Yes. That's a long commute. Mm. So <laughs> I guess, you know, it's it's the follow-up questions that matter. Mm. You know, as you said, you always ask, like, tell me more about that. Mm. And I think we've become sort of... Are we afraid? Are we afraid of that kind of... Like, because I was, when I was talking to that friend, he was like, oh, isn't that, like, a bit confronting? Yeah. Yeah. I I think we are engaged in a culture that is very much uh, instant satisfactory gratification. And so we, you know, expect or search for something that will instantly fill a void, whether material, Mm. emotional, social, whatever, within our lives. And when we do not find that immediately, we move on very rapidly. Mm, I think that's, you know, it's a huge part of social media and even like the rise of online dating from, you know, RSVP up and now until with Bumble, Hinge and all the um, apps. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, we can flick open Instagram and suddenly see bang, 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 this is what my friends have been doing, done. I don't actually have to talk to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that really that's a trans- great way to see mm. sorry social media what a great way what a positive way to view it yeah thank you <laughs> our eternal optimist aqua <laughs> she'll start that way yeah. um so i think and i think that really translates into dating in that you know we i think first dates are always going to be a strange game but you know being on a date with someone who you find is willing to meet you halfway and to take those conversations deeper to actually get to know you on more of a deep level than just what do you do, do you like it, um, does make it much more worth it. Yeah. I think that sounded quite cynical. Um, I'm going to take the Slumflower approach. Um, shout out to the Slumflower who is the queen mm-hmm. and Lizzo is the goddess. Um, but – you know, I'm going to take a note out of the Slumflowers book and say if it's not worth it, it's not worth it and that's okay. Mm. And I don't come from a position of thinking that I'm worth it for every person. Mm-hmm. There are thousands of people that I am completely wrong for mm. and that's okay because I'm happy enough with myself to be like, you're a really cool person, I'm a really cool person, we are not cool people together. You stay over there, I'll stay over here, and we'll live our lines. <laughs> What's it called when you've got parallel? That's right. There we you go. never meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Opposite sides of the road at all time. So I have a, another follow-up question. Yes. What is the ideal introverted follow-up question for you? What like what could someone ask you? So what okay, wait, this is a two-part question. What okay. is the initial question, the small talk question, and what is the best follow-up question it could be one that you've actually had or it could be one that you like would like to be asked like what what would you like what is that what is that best question for an introvert look like what would make it worthwhile Mm. okay so 
obviously this is just my personal mm-hmm. preference. Um, like the initial question would probably be like, oh, you know, what sort of music do you like? Mm-hmm. And I'm terrible with genres. If it's not classical, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Or if it's like slightly <laughs> ambiguous, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> if I can't tell it's like country straight away. You'd be like, um, I like songs. <laughs> I like the music. <laughs> but I do have an eclectic taste. So mm. we'll go from classical to rap mm. quite rapidly. Um, so, yeah, there's that always that question. And then, but, you know, my favourite question is, and this is something I, you know, I love talking about is, what song made you feel X mm. and Y? Or, you know, what song did you listen to most recently? Or what song did you put on when you just needed to get up and dance? Yeah. Like, you know, connect having that emotional connection. Mm. I guess like what what incites this emotion for you? How do you express it? Like what I just yeah, that's so you, that's how I get it. Yeah, like have you had a good experience with a song recently? Ah. You're like, oh, too many. I feel like my brain was just like, (laughs) how can I choose? Why would you play me like this? (laughs) Oh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, one of my favourite songs of all time, it just is so such a quintessential part of my childhood and my personality, I guess, and is, you know, ugh, beautiful, everyone mm. listen to it, is The Very Thought of You by Al Bolley. Al Bolley was this incredible British musician, really um, popular in the 1930s, unfortunately died in the Blitz, mm. uh, but just... That song. And everyone, most people know Nat King Cole's version of that song. I think I'm familiar with that yeah. one. But Al Bolly just knocks it out of the park. Mm. And that song always, all I can listen to it in any mood. Wow. Yeah. That's your everything song. It's my everything song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Same question to you. What song have you had an emotional reaction to lately or how you have connected with lately? Hmm. That is a really hard question. I feel like I consume music in a really passive way a lot of the time, like, I usually consume music when I'm driving or when I'm in the on the train and it's in a really passive way. I'm just like listening. So I'm trying to think of, of something that I've really had in motion. Do you know what? I'm going to throw you under the bus here a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I had a really, truly visceral reaction to Anne Hathaway's rendition of I Dreamed a Dream. Mm. And I think even though this song is – devastating um I have a really positive emotional connection to that song because it's a song that really reminds me of you and like yeah (laughs) this is my love dedication to Talia I would like to say I dreamed a dream (laughs) everyone in the audience is like 
the fuck? Um, <laughs> um, I do um, uh, have a really, like I, I had a really lovely and Cancerian cry reaction to that. And mm. I would say that's my like, that's the one that comes to mind. Mm. (laughs) we need to take a short break while i process that (laughs) (laughs) okay so during our short break maybe then we could we could pose our question for like for the year like Mm. for the end of 2019 fuck you 2020 what energy are we taking in there? What oh. kind of energy are you taking into 2020 that isn't big dick energy? Oh. Okay. <laughs> I just assumed. Yeah, well, <laughs> you assumed correctly. <laughs> um, this is something I think we're going to be doing at pretty much the end of every podcast is we're going to pose yeah. some sort of question. And maybe we haven't quite decided on whether we will put the question out there at the beginning of the podcast mm. or on some sort of form of social media and however we pose this question at the beginning, the end, wherever it comes, we really, really want to hear what you think as well. Yeah. Um, so chime in, hit us up, let us know your thoughts. We have an Instagram page. Um, we do. At Having a Moment Podcast, all one word. Um, so give us a follow there. Yeah. There'll probably be a lot of memes. Yeah. I don't <laughs> apologise. <laughs> we never do. No. Um, but I do think, like, we have some really fucking fantastic friends mm-hmm. and, like, they're so interesting and we're absolutely sure because we're going to force them to listen to this. Yes. Like, I would love to know what energy they're bringing into 2020. Yes. Um, Let's pull our resources and make this the best year. We are such teachers. Oh, oh my God. Like it's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, technically. <laughs> well, we have... An hour and seven minutes to go. Until 2020. End of the decade. I think, do you know what? The energy that I'm going to be bringing in to the next decade, into this next dude, I'm going to be entering into my third decade on this earth. Oh. Yeah. Big saggy energy. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, a little bit later. (laughs) Halfway through the decade. (laughs) But, like, I think the energy I want to bring in to 2020 and therefore, you know, manifest all through the roaring 20s mm-hmm. is... Get out your sequins and flapper dresses, girls. Oh, I am ready. Get out those, you know, scandalous one-inch heels. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to bring in emotionally intelligent energy. Mm. Because the more I go through life, the more I realize how fucking stupid and emotionally constipated people are. Not anyone listening, obviously, (laughs) but But I do, I'm, yeah, but I I do genuinely think like it took one or two interactions from like with emotionally intelligent people for me to be like, oh shit, I got to do some self growing. Mm. So -hmm. like if I take that energy into 2020, maybe there's hope for like you know a small impact Mm, i think that's lovely thank you Mm. so do tell us apart from big dick energy what are you bringing in i was going to be all jokey but 
anyway. Oh, no, do it. Be jokey. I love it. Well, I was going to say, as soon as I can't bring in big big dick energy. Oh, God, I've only had one glass of wine. (laughs) Shall I grab you another? Yes, please. (laughs) Um, I'm going to bring in big ass energy, Ella Lizzo, with her ass on stage, just inflated and there. Oh, my God. Yes. So there. yeah. Yeah. But I think. Honestly, I think I want this year to be a a year of opposites in a way. Ooh. I want to enter with grace and tenacity. Mm, yes. I want to enter into with peace and fight. Like I want this to be a year where I really – um, own my space, mm. own the energy that I'm cultivating in it and how I, how that energy is influenced by those around me. I want to really, I guess, minimise in a way how much people are able to influence the energy I carry. Mm. So I really just want this to be a year of... Um, Oh, there's that. I can't remember what it is. This quote is possibly even a but no, it's not a Bible passage, but it is as religious in tone of that. You know, <laughs> God grant me the strength know, to something. With strength, to, yeah, yeah. The peace or the patience or something, the strength or something, and the grace to know the difference between them both. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So you know, knowing when to fight, and knowing when to let go, and knowing when to do which. Hmm. Um. But, yeah, this harkens back to that conversation we were having the other day about practising what you preach yeah. and tacit implicit approval of perhaps things that we don't agree with that don't align with our morals, our politics, our ethics, mm-hmm. um, but that which possibly because of uncomfort or feel discomfort or feelings of um, not being safe mm. that we let slide and I really want this be yeah. a year where I challenge myself in that capacity. And I think I, I do a very good job anyway. Yeah, I would say um, so. But, you know, there are mm. definitely times that instead of engaging, I walk away. And mm. I think that's often very good because often that comes from a place of safety and mm-hmm. wanting not to enter into a situation where I will feel threatened. Yep. Um, or feel belittled or mocked. Yeah. But I think just carrying that in, sort of energy, that you know, to quote Mulan or something because, oh, God, I can't even think of what it is now. I feel like you're trying to say authentic energy. Yes. Steadfast in myself. Yeah. Mm. Look, mud. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, that is a Man for All Seasons reference. Mm. Get around it. Um, yeah, no, steadfast energy. Don't fuck with me energy. Yeah. Really honing that. Got the mm. resting bish face or damn pat, so just developing. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. And I think on that note, um, good luck, bitches. Yeah. 2020's around the corner. See you Be in s- the new year. See you in the new year. Be yourself. Don't let things slide. You are not a tacit pawn in the system of life. You are an empowered person. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Yes. That was beautifully done. Thank you. It's my first time. Oh, I would never have told. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, happy New Year's, guys. We really wish only the best yeah. for everyone. Peace and love mm. and lots of Lizzo. Mm. Truth hurts. Mm-hmm. Truth hurts. So thank you for joining us. See you next time.